The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to John. Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from the supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That's why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do, just as I have done to you. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, in the midst of this very strange time and all the strange things that are happening, here's another one. Tonight, the Holy Church gathers throughout the world to celebrate the gift that Jesus gave us of the Holy Eucharist but we are not able to gather in person to actually receive it. And we hunger for it. Our hearts ache. Even the few of us who are gathered here, because when we receive Holy Communion, it's not just me joined to Jesus. The Holy Communion joins us to each other through Jesus. It's what makes us family. And I miss my family. My heart aches as yours does. But I think what we've got to do is take those hunger pains and turn them into prayers. First, that Jesus would very quickly, very soon, satisfy that hunger in us. And yet, even as we wait, that our joy would still grow as we anticipate, like kids do as they're getting ready for Christmas morning, or an engaged couple who are waiting for their wedding night. But we must also pray and ask Jesus, Lord, what are you saying to us right now? We should always ask him this, but especially now. Well, for now, let's look at a rather intimate analogy that the scriptures give to us. The marital embrace. 
that one flesh, body and soul union between a husband and a wife, it is essential to their relationship. It is, in fact, a consummation. It sort of sums up their life together. How they totally give themselves to each other, that gift of self. That's all summed up in that one beautiful, intimate act. It is a summit of their love, a high point. And it is a source of their love because it generates an even deeper affection, a deeper connection to each other. But of course, it's not the only thing of their marriage. I mean, God help them if that's all there is. No, there's so much more in a marriage, right? That, that loving gaze into each other's eyes, the, the kind, gentle, encouraging words they speak to one another, the humble ways that they give themselves to each other each and every day as they serve each other. And in the course of a marriage, there are times when couples sometimes just can't have that marital embrace. Maybe one spouse is sick or injured, or they're postpartum. Maybe it's just not really a good time to get pregnant. Or as Paul said, maybe they're fasting for a while to pray together to deepen that intimacy in their relationship. They can go without it. It's not the only good in their marriage. And in fact, when they do go without it, it gives them that chance to focus on those other goods. To put it bluntly, sex isn't everything. But for this very same reason, as a a short side note, this is precisely why a godly and a chaste single person can live a very fulfilled life filled with all kinds of joy. In John's Gospel, chapter 6, Jesus says, Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. In the Eucharist, we have that intimate one flesh union with Jesus. And it is essential. It is the summit and the source of his love for us while we are here on this earth. But it's not the only thing. No, it's not the only thing. In fact, there are many, many other goods in our relationship with Jesus. So while we have to fast right now from the Eucharist, we can focus on those goods and keep asking him, Lord, what are you saying to us right now? What do you want to show us? Here's another strange thing. In his gospel, John never tells us how Jesus gives us the Holy Eucharist. The funny thing is is that in his gospel, he spends five chapters in the upper room where Jesus gives us the Eucharist, but he never mentions it. A glaring omission? Of course not. No, no. John knows that We know what happened in the upper room, how Jesus gave us the Eucharist. So what John does is for five chapters is teach us how to pray and how to live the Eucharist. And tonight the Holy Spirit guides the church as he always does and gives to us then this reading, the very beginning of that teaching in John from chapter 13. And you heard Jesus You heard how Jesus came to love to the very end. How the Father now in this moment has placed everything into Jesus' hands. Which means Jesus can do whatever he wants to do at this point. And what does he choose to do? 
get down on his knees and wash the grody feet of his disciples. But this, this is a powerful picture of tomorrow. Tonight, he washes feet like a slave. Tomorrow, he dies like a slave. But in that act, he shows us the ends to which he will go to love us. And so it is then in the Eucharist then that he gives this to us. This is my body. This is my blood. This is me. It's all of me. Everything that I am given to you and shed for you. And we receive that. And we abide in him. As we eat his flesh and we drink his blood, we have that intimate union with him that is so intimate, we, we become his flesh and his blood. We take his body and we become his body. We, we become his hands and his feet. We live the Eucharist. And I think that's one of the many things Jesus is showing to us, what he's saying to us right now. And it's why in just a few moments I would really encourage you to wash one another's feet there in your own home. It's not so much of what we're doing for these people. It's actually what Jesus is doing through us for them. It's how he's loving through us we are his hands and his feet. And not just in this ritual, he does it always through us. This night is about love. It's about his love. It's about loving to the end, to the fullest, to the max, loving through us. But first, and always first, loving us. And that's sometimes the hardest part. To really let Jesus love us. Did you notice how Peter sort of pushed back from Jesus washing his feet? Don't do that, friends. Let him love you. Let him love you. Let Jesus wash your feet. I know it's sometimes uncomfortable and maybe it's going to feel a little bit awkward to let somebody look at our feet and even touch them. I mean, our feet are not the prettiest part of our body, are they? And sometimes they're smelly. And then you get down there between the toes. You know what? I'll just stop right there. You get the picture. But this is precisely the point. That Jesus loves the even not-so-pretty parts of us. The stinky, grody, ugly parts of us. Let him love even those places. Let him love the places in you of which you are ashamed and you're embarrassed and maybe those places in you that you even hate about yourself. Let him love those places in you that are deeply wounded and tender and vulnerable and you are scared to let anybody touch those places. But let him touch those places in you. Let him love you right there in those places. Let him love you to the end, to the fullest, to the max. Let him love you literally from your head all the way down to your toes.
and then let him love others through you. As you see Pastor Davis and I right now washing each other's feet, I would encourage you to wash each other's feet there in your own home. And if you're watching by yourself and worshiping there by yourself, go ahead and and wash your feet and dry them off and picture Jesus doing this for you.